Good morning and welcome to Patriot Radio News Hour. Yes, we've made it through the first Friday of 2018. Congratulations. I hope this finds you well. A dropped-in gorgeous day here in the Valley of the Sun. The rest of the country is freezing, uh, but not here. The sun is out. The birds are chirping, and I hope everybody's having a wonderful day. It's the first Friday of the month and the year, which means it was Jobs Friday. We'll break that down for you. We had a one of the bulls of the Federal Reserve he was out today. He is, you know, one of the conferences that they were at. He was speaking. Turned bare. Uh, kind of, uh, again, setting the table for what I, and I've been telling you what's coming here. We're going to have uh, gold's been up 10 straight days in a row. Is it going to make 11? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. It's down a dollar right now. But uh, we'll, we'll break it all down for you, tell you what's changed. Uh, what they're worrying about, uh, huge store closing, uh, and, and I guess, you know, we'll get this every quarter. So Sears uh, closing another 100-plus, I think it was 107 stores by March, April. Uh, so some of them will be shut in March. Uh, by, by April, another 100-plus uh, Sears and Kmarts are going uh, to be shuttered. Uh, no surprise to anybody there on that front. Uh, we, we had, like I said, we had jobs today, trade deficit data. We hit a, a number today that we have not seen in a very long time. Unfortunately, it wasn't to the good. Uh, a six-year high in the trade deficit. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about the, we, yesterday we talked about how China was getting ready uh, to do crude oil futures in, in Wuhan. Uh, it's official now. The People's Bank of China uh, was out with a note wanting more of their, I guess, I guess their gold bins, their Bear Stearns, I guess Bear Stearns is wrong, Morgan Stanley's, right? Their, their, their banks, their, their Jamie Diamonds of the world. Uh, to be clearing trades in that currency, and we'll keep you all up to date on all of that. And then we're also going to talk about something we haven't talked about in a while, one of the uh, expat countries, a big article in the USA Today about Costa Rica, uh, and I'll fill you in on that, and then the the growing problem of homelessness. I don't know if you saw over the holidays that there's record high homelessness in, in, in all the big cities. Uh, Phoenix, uh, the Roosevelt Row, it's called here in Phoenix. Of course, in L.A., they have the their homeless encampments there. And You know what? I was thinking about it. We should just open up like a tourist attraction. You know, the homeless should just barricade the street, right, and, and start charging like $10 a car load, and you can just, you know, cruise down the, the the homeless area they could have all the guys out holding the signs and you could have the, the homeless guys that are out there talking to themselves and the, the Vietnam vet guy and the, the guy that needs the money for the medicine for his kids and the the guy that needs uh, that he's hungry and he's this and he's that and then the other guy with the sign that says ah why lie I need beer money you know all that stuff 
turn it into a big tourist attraction. I don't know. That, you know, you could take it down like the school could take field trips down there, right? You know, you get the bus load of kids. Listen, nobody leaves the bus. But you look out through the window uh, the, in Phoenix, and, and I, I don't know what to do about it. Like, Phoenix, they, they made it illegal for these homeless people. They've been living down there on Roosevelt Row, and the, the city uh, wants to uh, clean it up and make it illegal for the homeless people to be there. And, and I don't know where you go. I don't got to find a place to put them. But uh, nonetheless, we'll talk about all of those things. But the big news of the day had to do with jobs, uh, and it came in less than expected. Uh, by a, a pretty big margin. They're looking for about 200,000 jobs. And, this, and, and just so, uh, for those of you that don't know, so the first week of every month, we get what I call the jobs week. Usually we get jobs reports Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This week, because of the holiday, we got them on Thursday and Friday. But uh, normally it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday is what they call ADP that is a private company. That's not a government entity. It's not a government report. Uh, and always, they, they're a survey company. They call companies. They call the hiring managers and ask, are you hiring? Are you going to hire? Things of that nature. Uh, Thursday is the jobless claims number. That's that 250,000 number that we seemingly uh, have been getting now for quite a while. And then on Friday which today, that's the big government number. So this is uh, the government number, the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, and their number, uh, and there's two different numbers. You have the household survey number, and then you've got uh, the, 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 the BLS number. So one has to do with how many jobs are created. Uh, the other has to do with the unemployment rate. U.S. employers added 148,000 jobs in December. Uh, the the a modest gain. Uh, the unemployment rate remained unchanged at 4.1 percent. That's still the lowest level in, in since 2000. They need to lose one more one more tenth. If they get to four, I think it falls to the lowest level. I don't know in 30 years or 40 years, something like that. Uh, for all of 2017, you know, I want to save it. I'll just leave you with this. You would, we, we want to believe that this has been a great jobs year. Has it? We're going to talk about that next. Patriot Radio News Hour. Got a really interesting show for you. Don't touch that dial. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll free number 800 951 the website at allamericangold.com, legal, lawful, constitutional tender. It is what we do. Nobody does it better than us. By the way, uh, big shipping day yesterday. One of the things that I didn't know is we, we had the, the proofs came in that we had sold uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and I was telling you, hey, they're a blue box and this and that. In 2014, the box turned brown. I didn't even know that. So some of you, uh, we only got a couple of those in the 2014s. But, yeah, there, maybe the mint changed the color uh, from a blue box to a brown box. But nonetheless, I thought, oh, man, I thought it was a mistake. <laughs> and I was like, what are these? And I opened them, of course, they, they were them. So uh, if you get a brown box, don't worry. They just uh, changed the packaging in that year. 
Uh, I don't know if they changed it back. I should probably go and look. But I, as a matter of fact, I did. I, I know that when we were selling them, I went on the Mint's website, and they were back to the blue box. Maybe they were out of blue. Maybe it was a tough year for blue boxes for the Mint. Uh, but those are all out as well. Uh, I know Arlene's got to call a few of you. Got uh, our pickups. Arlene will be calling you today for those. The medals program. That you're going to love. Another great one. Another great one uh, in the medals program. If you're not a part of that, it, it, January we start a new start a new quarter. Uh, you can go out to All American Gold, read about it there, or give us a call. We can get you set up on the medals program as well. And, and It'll be close, but I think we may be able to get it all knocked out uh, this this next week. So we, we we may be done with that by Friday, maybe even uh, maybe possibly even a day or two early. I don't want to promise it, but uh, things are looking good for that. So if you're waiting on stuff, it's on the way. Uh, now that we're done with that business, let's talk about this jobs dumper. And you know we keep hearing about. All the great jobs numbers and all the great, you know, the economy's getting ready to take off. And I, and I, I, I want to believe it. I do. But I just don't. Uh, and not to say that it's bad. It, it's not bad. You know, the, the economy, it's about what it's been, but, uh, you know, with a little more optimism, I think. I think that would probably be the right word, but... Uh, today was a downer, right? The number didn't come in where they were hoping for. But here is, here's how it breaks down. For all of 2017, by the way, they revised the last few months, only down 9,000. So they took about 9,000 jobs away from November and October, which really, for the government, that's a pretty good, pretty good job there. So 2.1 million jobs was the total number for the year. So, you know, January through December, the government said we created 2.1 million jobs, which, well, and that's actually not a very big number as far as jobs in the U.S., but it did take the unemployment rate down from 4.7 to 4.1. The problem is, the unemployment rate fell because of people leaving the workforce. In other words, uh, it didn't fall because people were, uh, you know, people that didn't have work got work. It fell because people who didn't get work stopped looking for work. Uh, But the data for the jobs gains is slowing. And there, now I don't, apparently, and this is out of, I want to just say this is a, and I want to give credit here. This is AP. This is the AP. The data indicates that job gains are slowing, which typically happens when unemployment falls to ultra-low levels. Okay? So this is according to the AP. And fewer people are available to be hired. Now, that would make perfect sense. But that part of the... That part of the sentence actually isn't true, right? We have a record 95-plus million people not in the workforce. But that, but, but anyway, okay, let's go with that assumption, right? Because all, all of this stuff, we want to be positive about it. Average job gain 
declined to 171,000 jobs a month. That was the average, 170,000 a month. By the way, the peak for jobs since the, and this is only going back to the Great Recession, was was 2014 at 250,000 a month. And remember, I've been telling you, the jobs fell, total jobs fell in 2015, then they fell again in 2016, now we find out that they fell again in 2017. Right? We're actually creating less jobs every year. This is the third, 2017 marks the third straight year of declines. Well, what makes this one stand out? This was the lowest number, the, the 100 and uh, 71,000, the average for the, the year, right? The average jobs gains per month for the year was the fewest since 2010. So this was actually the worst year for jobs since 2010. And here's the funny thing. Wall Street was up 25%. Right? Again, the disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street, and, and, and you know, it's funny because remember over the holidays, I was how we were going to all these Christmas parties, and no one talks about the stock market anymore. Nobody. And and I think this is part of the reason why. So the, uh, again, we, we have the worst jobs growth since 2010, uh, the third straight year of monthly declines, yet the unemployment rate fell. It fell from 4.7 to 4.1. The big number, though, regardless, and it really doesn't matter how many jobs. And I've said this all the time. It could have been zero. They could have created 300,000. We could have 2 million jobs, 3 million jobs. If the jobs don't pay, does it really matter? And, again, the average hourly earnings, it was up, but it was in like nothing Again, not a lot of money being made uh, out in the jobs market. Uh, today, we had the Philadelphia Fed president. So after the jobs report came out, uh, the Philadelphia Fed president uh, was giving a speech somewhere. And, the, and, you know, these guys know this number way before any of us do. You know, the, the MIT mafia that is the Federal Reserve uh he, he has been one of the ones he's been voting for the rate hikes and has been one of the bullish members. Uh, he is uh, Patrick Harker. He's the Philadelphia Fed president. And he said domestically, and here's his speech that he gave. He says, while the central bank poised to raise interest rates three times in 2018, and, that's, and I don't know who says that. I guess that's the media and, and people, you know, guessing. Today, he suggested that with inflation running low, the Fed ought to consider a slower pace until prices catch up. And I think what you're seeing is now all of a sudden, we already had two Federal Reserve presidents vote against rate hikes in December, and now we've got a third one who was a, uh, he was a yes, now kind of saying, eh, maybe I'm going to be a no. Domestically, I I expect inflation will run a bit above target in 2019. Now, I guess apparently with his previous government, he doesn't expect it 
to run above target in 2018. And then he said, I expect it to come right down to the following year. Of course, the target, right? This is this 2% number that they seemingly made up out of nowhere. That if we just have 2% inflation, somehow the world's going to be fabulous. It'll be great. And remember, it's only the 2% that they want. See, they don't care if gasoline went from $2 to $3. They wouldn't care. They wouldn't care. Uh, I guess apparently, by the way, this month, egg prices are going up again. And uh, I know this. Wow, they're expensive now. And especially the ones my wife brought. My wife is the, you know, the organic egg thing. I mean... When did eggs become six, seven, and eight dollars? It's it's ridiculous. But here they are. But again, I just saw that. I don't know. Maybe there was a a, a turkey killing or the chickens had a bad uh, egg laying month. But they don't care about that. They don't care if your out of pocket health insurance cost goes up. They don't care that the rent goes up. I mean, they'll say they do, but they really don't. What he's talking about is, are you going to make any more money? And according to now, now we have three Fed governors that are essentially saying the same thing. No. I am more hesitant in the view that I'm on, than I am on economic activity. Talking about you making more money. If soft inflation persists, it may pose a significant problem. And again, remember, these guys have access to everything. Right? They know what the real level of stress is behind closed doors. You know, when you go into these communities, you go in, and I don't care if it's an apartment complex, a master plan community, a rural farm. When you drive by, hey, that looks like a nice neighborhood, or that looks like a nice apartment complex, or whatever the case may be. And and you, but you don't know what it's really like for the people living in it, right? We're very good at the appearance code. Why do we want to run the homeless out of Roosevelt Row? Because it doesn't look good, right? When you go down, if you had to go file paperwork to start a business in Arizona, and you did it, and you didn't do it online, you did it the old-fashioned way, you would go and you would see these people. And no, we're not talking about one or two, right? There's there's a lot of them, and it doesn't look good. And so we want them to go somewhere where people aren't, right? Hey, go, I don't know where that is, but go go where people can't see you, because that way, if they can't see you, then it's not happening. And it's the same way. You drive down the you have no, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's the apartment complex. It doesn't matter if it's in a on the west side of town or the east side or, or the high rent district, right, like North Scottsdale. It's all the same. The vast majority of people inside it, their financial condition has worsened again. 
And what I mean by that is the level of debt continues to skyrocket. And this is what Harker's talking about. You know what? Even here, I'm going, he's going all the way out to 2020. He's like, yeah, I really don't see it. Maybe we'll get a little above 2019, maybe. But he said, you know, they've said this for a long time. It never happens. And then he's like, well, then, but it, by 2020, it'll be gone again. I don't even know how he would know that. But now it says, if this soft inflation data, what they again, what they mean by that, if we don't get any wage growth, we're going to have a big problem. He told an audience, and he was in Philadelphia. For that reason, my own view is that two rate hikes are likely to be appropriate in 2018. This changes the whole dynamic of of the gold forecast now. Right now, and I told you, I think we're going to top 1,400 uh, this year. And and now, you know, does that put 1,500 in play? It probably does. It probably does. If if they're now saying, hey, forget about, you know, you got people on TV. I've heard of them. Oh, there could be, we could have four. Now one of the bulls comes out and says, yeah, right now, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm down to two. And, of course, we already know two other guys, they're down to none. Take to the Radio News Hour, halftime on a Friday. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. In October, California became a sanctuary state when Governor Jerry Brown signed a new law that limits what state and local officials can say to federal immigration officers about people detained by police or awaiting trial. It also prohibits law enforcement from inquiring about a person's immigration status. The law, known as SB 54, was championed by State Senate President Pro Tem Kevin DeLeon, who is running to replace Dianne Feinstein in the U.S. Senate. If elected, he would represent a state that is home to more than 2.3 million illegal aliens, a state where 45% of the population told the Census Bureau that a language other than English is spoken at home. The harm of sanctuary policies is illustrated by the case of Neri Estrada Margos, who was arrested by Santa Rosa, California police on August 18 after allegedly beating his girlfriend to death. The illegal alien had been arrested two weeks earlier on August the 2nd for domestic violence, but released because he had no prior convictions. The sheriff of Santa Rosa County, which has its own sanctuary policy, defended the prior release by claiming he gave a heads-up to agents of the Federal Immigration and Customs Enforcement. In fact, local officials gave ICE only 16 minutes to travel over 60 miles, and the man was gone by the time ICE got there. Similar atrocities have occurred in other sanctuary jurisdictions. In Maryland, officials ignored a detainer from ICE and released a man who broke into an unmarked police car and stole an AR-15 and ammunition. On Long Island, three more young bodies were found bearing the marks of ritual killing by the gang called MS-13. In Massachusetts, the popular columnist and talk show host Howie Carr identified an assortment of violent crimes recently committed by, quote, 
third-world illegal alien criminals. In just the last few weeks, a Cambodian, an African, a Salvadoran, a Dominican, a Vietnamese, a Chinese, and a Liberian were charged or convicted of murder, assault, drug trafficking, identity fraud, and resisting a federal officer. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Yesterday we ran those tenth ounce American Gold Eagles at one hundred and forty two dollars. Uh, you know, you think about uh, gold thirteen twenty one right now, thirteen hundred twenty one dollars. Uh, if you bought ten, you know they're the golden dime. They're they're exactly what they. One of the few coins where hey, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the one tenth of an ounce. American Gold Eagle coin. It's a the golden dime. If you bought ten of them, it put the price at fourteen hundred and twenty bucks, which is that's unheard of uh, to get fractional gold uh, that close to spot. So you're talking about you're buying it uh, each individual coin for just under le- less than ten dollars over spot. So if you took spot, you know, and you divided it by ten. Right, you come up with a hundred and thirty-two dollars and ten cents. So for nine dollars and ninety cents over spot, uh, you can pick up a one-tenth ounce American Gold Eagle. Uh, we got about—I don't know the exact number, but we'll say forty of them still available. Uh, without a doubt, the best thing I've got, the best price I have. Uh, this is great because for, you know you're buying it for pretty much pretty right at you know the same price you'd be buying a one ounce coin for which that you know as you get down in the fractionals it always costs more right the the smaller the denomination the bigger the premium because there's there's 10 times more work that goes into making them and so you're but you're buying it without that premium and the fact that you know we you know we hope for this gradual decline. I'm I'm talking about this decline over the next ten years, right? Hey, let's have a nice gradual decline, right? The dollars falling, continuing to fall again, getting back into that pattern where and the same pattern that nations that gorge themselves on debt run into. And and it's a nice orderly decline, and eventually we have an orderly transition into some kind of a an electronic currency of some sort, and and you know it, it, we don't have some unexpected event, right? Uh, San Francisco doesn't fall into the ocean, uh, the super volcano doesn't happen, North Korea. Uh, doesn't lob a nuclear missile or or uh, an electronic pulse like my brother was talking about saying, hey, forget about the nuclear thing. It's way easier for them to go in and hack power grids and do things like that. It's great fractionable material as well. Right? So now you have uh, a barter, something to barter with. You know, Eric used to call it the tank of fuel. 
Uh, it's the tank of fuel coin, right? The one tenth ounce American Gold Eagle. Uh, they're at 142 bucks, 800 0592 uh, So Patrick Harker today surprising the market uh, with his comments. And really, uh, as he got into his speech, he really started uh, telling, telling it like it was. In addition to reevaluating the pace of the rate hike, Harker also revealed that he is one of the committee members who favors the Fed examining the methods it's using to achieve its dual mandate of price of full employment and price stability. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, according to your data that you guys spit out, unemployment is 4.1%. So in that regard, you know, check. Price stability? You say inflation's less than 2%? (laughs) Check. Why would you want to reinvent? According to the data you try to come out and tell us is so wonderful, you guys are doing a great job. The Fed has been vexed, he said, by the economy's inability to generate significant inflation pressures. Now remember what inflation really is. It's devaluation. And also remember, they don't care about all the you know all the things of in your day-to-day life and and he actually said it today. So he's talking about uh, the Federal Reserve's inability to generate this significant inflation pressure, particularly when it comes to wages. Right. So, in other words, what he's saying is, hey, I know that, and remember, now tie this back into what he said earlier. If soft inflation persists, okay, now you throw in particularly what I really mean to talk about is your wages. If low wages persist, it's going to pose a significant problem. And you start to get to where I'm at. This is my problem. This is what I see. They 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 accomplished gorging everybody on debt. That's what bringing interest rates down to nothing. That's what it did. Right, all of these companies that they were going to take out loans, they did it. Of course, they were doing it, what, not really to build stuff, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. Policymakers consider 2% to be a healthy inflation level, which, again, I don't know what that means. Right, I, I, I don't, because we know 2%, that number, that's not a real number. That's just some number they made up, and how they track it, they don't count half you know, the things that actually cost money. Harker said it's time to consider whether the sub-2% readings are part of a longer-term pattern in which the Fed fails to meet its goals. And again, this is again we're entering in to the stagflationary cycle. Uh, I, I I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, you know, especially you know what you look at Japan, right? There's nothing growth. There's no growth there. There's no wage growth there. 
gorge themselves on debt, and they're just ahead of us. In that scenario, inflation expectations could be trending down. In other words, Harker now, all of a sudden, isn't it funny? All of a sudden, he's like, eh, you know what? I know I just voted for another rate hike, but uh, kind of looking at this data, doesn't look like we're going to be making any money anytime soon. It may be even more difficult to make the target, and therefore may be time to reevaluate the way we conduct policy. He did say that he's not pushing for any changes, or he, and nor does he have a particular change that he would prefer. But it is something that we people need to think about. And I, I bring that up because that changes really now. Now we kind of, uh, I feel like we kind of understand where, like, Kashkari uh, and Evans, are coming from now. Now we're starting to get a little clearer picture of what some of the people inside the Fed are really worried about, which is we're not going to get a great bump in pay and the jobs are not going to get much better. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back. 800-951-0592. You know, finally, like today's one of those days, great opportunity, uh, you know, to pick up a, a lot of people out there. Listen, this is just how it is. After you pay all the bills, there's not that much left over, right? So you're always, you know, I, I talk, you know, silver is like the the uh, the poor brother of gold, right? You know, and if you don't have a lot of of money to spend, right, you're usually buying silver because it's it's less expensive. You know, not a lot of people, you know, a U.S. twenty dollar Liberty Day, thirteen hundred ninety five dollars. Well, that's a great price. Still, a lot of money, so a lot of people don't get the opportunity to to put away a lot of gold, uh, and so to have a, a tenth ounce gold eagle get uh, this close to the spot price and be able to buy it uh, uh, this inexpensively, uh, gold just turned positive thirteen uh, twenty one fifty uh, on gold right now. Um, it's a great opportunity. I hope you take advantage of it. By the way, the metals plant people, uh, these are going to be in that plan. A lot of the, uh, a lot of you are, you know, especially those, hey, I only do $100 a month or $150 a month, are actually going to be able to get some gold. Uh, it's a great opportunity. One-tenth ounce American gold eagles. They're $142 a piece at 800 951 We just heard from Patrick Harker. And, and just saying, it's not happening. The wage growth story, I guess I guess they don't believe the everyone's going to get an extra $4,000. <laughs> That's not going to happen. You know, one of the things, and, I, and, and I'll tell you, so Arizona, the minimum wage in Arizona went up uh, to $10.50. But I want to ask you out there, do you really believe that lowering that tax rate for these businesses is going to keep jobs here. Mexico pays two bucks. And in Arizona, by the way, the minimum wage will be twelve dollars in twenty twenty. And we're we're kind of in the middle. Right? You know, already like Seattle's already at fifteen dollars, 
Uh, L.A., I think that's $14. And, you know, and, and think about it. Let's just say the average factory job, because this is the job they say are going to be created. I mean, let's go low and say we are paying $12. Mexico pays two. Think about a plant that's got a 1,000 people employed, okay? And it doesn't matter what they make. They make cars, they make an engine, they make rolled steel, whatever. Say a 1,000 people. And let's just say, and we know that this isn't the case, but let's just say here that, they only, that all 1,000 are made $12 an hour, and they all worked eight hours a day. And the company says, well, we can build that plant, you know, in Phoenix, or we can build it in Denver or Indiana or wherever. Or we can build it down in Mexico. Hire the same exact amount of people. One makes two, one makes 12. We got 1,000 people every hour. That's $10,000 an hour, the company would say. Eight hours a day, five days a week, they'd be saving four hundred thousand dollars a week in payroll. And listen, that doesn't include the payroll taxes and all the other stuff that we have here. That you know is much less in in these other countries. I use Mexico as an example because it's the closest. Yeah, maybe shipping a little bit more to get it from Mexico into the U.S., but it's not that much more. Right, not 6.2%, right? Because that's what the businesses pay per employee right? on their payroll taxes. Not to mention all the other stuff, right? And of course, you know, they probably don't pay. If you're building a plant with 1,000 people, I'm sure the city you build it in will waive all those taxes. But still, without the tariffs, remember, when they originally ran for president, he was going to put all these tariffs on and do all that stuff. Without it, I don't see how that works at all. And now we got the Philadelphia Fed president coming out and kind of saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to have the wage growth. Matter of fact, we may need to look at this. We may have a different problem. We're going to keep saying, you know what, the wages aren't going to rise. Other stuff is, but the inflation we want isn't coming. We may have to look at a whole different model. I don't know what that is right now, and and I'm sure he... I'm sure he has an idea of what he'd like to see, but he's not ready to tell us. Doesn't bode well again. I think this is why, you know, why why he's holed up now for the 11th straight day in a row. Because, listen, this was all designed. They wanted to get their little tax cut through and make all the, you know, just like Obamacare and all the rest. They make all the promises, but the the results never deliver. And we're going to be stuck in a, a society where entitlements are out of control, where government spending is out of control where deficits are skyrocketing we've got pension problems all over the way i don't care how you want to sugarcoat it the dow at 25,000 didn't fix any pension problem did it it's amazing how it didn't of course i've already told you for the pension problems they actually start getting back into the black the dow would have to be double almost triple where it is today probably have to be closer to 70 75,000 And I told you I was going to get to it, so I'm going to do it right now. USA Today, what a, we actually have a bunch of customers that are in Costa Rica now, uh, one of the big expats uh, society. 
Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, plagued by chronic poverty and violence, have sent a flood of refugees fleeing to the United States. Panama, another expat place, has gained the unwanted title as the world capital for money laundering and corruption. I didn't know that, but that's what they're saying. And all of them, plus Nicaragua, and I know that's a tough word for me to say, face current political upheaval. The lone bright spot, Costa Rica. We'll finish with them when we get back. Paper Radio News Hour, final segment of the week coming up. Final segment on this Friday. You're thinking about a country to move to. Apparently, Costa Rica's booming. One Central American neighbor remains an island of political stability, economic prosperity, and contentment. Costa Rica. The country's secret is something that virtually no other country in the world can claim. And here's it's been. They have no standing army, so there's no army in Costa Rica. Uh, it used the savings from dispense spending to improve education, health care, and a durable social safety net. In 2018, Costa Rica will mark its 70th anniversary since it abolished the military. So the spin on that is to get rid of the military, everything's great. I don't know about that. But it's ranked first in Latin America and 12th in the world in happiness, according to the 2017 World Happiness Index. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so there you go. And the Happy Planet Index, apparently there's two different ones, it's ranked number one in the world. And uh, so there you go. So if you're looking for a place that you may want to get out of Dodge into, uh, check out Costa Rica. I guess it's it's the happy place. So uh, Bob, what was that guy? Don't worry, be happy guy must be down there in Costa Rica. If you want to make sure you're going to be happy, if I'm right, Pick up some more one tenth ounce American Gold Eagles at a hundred and forty two bucks at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Uh right now gold's uh we're gonna round up here thirteen twenty three. Uh it's it's up a dollar twenty right now. This would be the eleventh straight increase uh in the price of gold. Silver's up three cents, uh seventeen dollars and thirty cents. And I still, you know what, I actually, you know what, even a better day, I still have some rolls of, of Silver Eagles at 400 bucks. So at today's price, uh, that's $2.70 over spot for a roll of Silver Eagles. That's, that you know, normally they're about 350 over, so just a fantastic opportunity. you got two ways to go now. you got rolls of Silver, I just thought about it, i got rolls of Silver Eagles uh, at 400 and 10,000 American Gold Eagles at 142 bucks. Got a little bit for everybody. 800-951-0592. We'll have to uh, wait and see about what other Fed governors are going to say if more of them are going to pick up Harker's tone and the, the problem that they have in the nobody's making enough money to be able to afford the level of debt that they have and significant problems if that continues. Uh, by the way, one last piece of economic data, U.S. trade data. Uh, 50 Broke the $50 billion mark for the month. 
$50.7 billion, I think, was the number. That's the amount of number that the amount of money that left the United States uh, between the difference between our imports and our exports. It was the the worst number what in five or yeah since 2012 since January of 2012. Uh, by the way, our trade deficit with China hit a new high, and if you take oil out of the equation. It was the biggest trade deficit in U.S. history. Listen, these are all the little things. You can't be a prosperous nation if you're losing six, five and $600 billion a year of your wealth. It just doesn't work. Patriot Radio News Hour. Everybody enjoy your Friday. Have a great weekend. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Take care. 